know what they go through. They're taking shots from people on the outside, and to see them rally and stick together, that's always been an important part of every team we've had here, stick together through thick and thin. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. The point of the show is to talk about sports, right? I think another point of the show is to entertain, right? Have fun, engaging conversations. Sometimes the point of the show is to educate myself and everyone involved. Let's get a guest. Let's get an insider. Maybe they can enlighten us a little bit, make us smarter sports fans, right? That's one of the points of this show. I think one of the points of this show, something I really strive for, I I strive to inspire, right? I try to tell stories and and discuss things that make people feel better when the show ends at 6 o'clock. I think, wow, I, I feel better about my life. May I take two minutes to begin the show tonight with a tale of inspiration? It doesn't matter what your answer is. I'm going to do it anyway. Last night, my sister came to town to visit just to say hi. You know, we were going to go out, get some drinks, get some dinner. Get just a little weeknight thing. They're just saying hi. He hasn't been to lacrosse in a while. And I was concerned. I'm not going to lie because Wednesday night, it's, it's a quiet night. Students aren't in town. And I, my fear was we were going to try to go to some bars downtown and it was going to be dead. Right, so we went to the first bar. It was fine. Went to the second bar. Uh, ho-hum. Third bar. Uh, it was pretty good, but still not the... Not the, the, you know, the ascending experience I'm looking for. Not the next level experience. We come to the end of the night around nine o'clock. And I said, all right, time to go to my favorite bar. Time to go to the honey hole. Let's cross our fingers that it's not dead. Let's cross our fingers that we can end the night on a high note. I go in there Wednesday night. All the regulars are there. Favorite bartender's there. My other favorite bartender is also there. Not working, but hanging out at the bar. I come to learn that half of the individuals in this bar are doing dry January. They're not drinking. And yet, the culture of their favorite bar and the culture at large, the drinking culture of their state is so important to these individuals. These individuals that I I share drinks with, I break bread with them. They're my, my fellow regulars in my favorite bar. They are so concerned and so invested in the culture and the continuity of their home bar. That in dry January, they rolled in on a Wednesday night to play songs on the touch tunes, to drink a virgin Bloody Mary with a Bush N.A. as a chaser. I could not believe it. Could not be prouder to be a regular at my local bar. So I'm telling you out there, if you're listening, you're doing Dry January, go to your bar. Go check in with your fellow regulars. Drink a non-alcoholic drink. Go just to play some pull tabs to do Shake of the Day. Very inspiring stuff. Very, very inspiring what I saw last night at my favorite bar. Made me love Wisconsin. And that's really what this show is about. This is the Wisco Sports Show. After all, my name is Grant Bills, and I hope you've had a great day. It's a beautiful snow, and I'm just riding the high of really a powerful experience. I'm not even really exaggerating. The more I think about what I experienced last night, oh, it was great. Everyone was singing along with songs on the touch tunes. Right? Half of the people in there weren't even drinking. They just love hanging out together, sharing time, breaking bread, right, and, and sharing a, a space. I mean, you... You all watch Cheers, right? I never watched Cheers. That's not my generation. I probably should go back and watch it. There's something powerful about a space in which regulars come, even if the alcohol isn't involved. And last night, I saw people that are just married to the game on a different level, so invested and so involved in their favorite bar and the culture of their favorite bar that even in dry January, on a Wednesday night, I got to get down there. I got to make sure the place isn't dead. I got to make sure that the vibe is good. Just 
chef's kiss. We're going to talk Packers tonight. We'll start at about 4.30. I wanted to flip the script a little bit of tonight's show because I think over the last two weeks or so, we've kind of followed the same formula every night. We come in, we talk about whatever happened the night before, whether it be the Bucks or the Badgers or maybe some Brewers thing. And then around 4.30, we switch to Packers and we stay with Packers the entire show. That's kind of what we've been doing. And it works just fine. But tonight I wanted to change up the order a little bit. I want to get to Packers sooner. And I want to talk about the Brewers at 5.30. Because the listeners who maybe listen from 5.30 to 6, they're just hearing Packers, 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 Rogers, Rogers. Let's mix it up a little bit. Right? Let's mix it up. So we're going to talk Brewers at 5.30. Kurt Hogue of the Journal Sentinel is going to join us. Right? As I am am trying to coin him uh, the Slim Reaper of Brewers Twitter or the Slim Reaper of the Brewers beat. We got to workshop it. Right? But Kurt's going to be here later on in the show. 608 Seven nine six two five five eight. If you'd like to call or text, also I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. So much going on between the Packers, Badgers basketball, and the Brewers. They had their hot stove cold brews event yesterday. So there's a ton going on. However, as the state does, and as I experienced last night on this show, we stick to our commitments. We honor our commitments. We stick to tradition. It's Thursday. It's four o'clock. So we're going to step into the NBA lounge. Just for a couple minutes, we're going to briefly step in. Pop in. Say hi to all the other regulars. How's it going? Yeah, nice to see you. Show face. Maybe do shake of the day. And then we're going to step out. And we're going to talk about some other things. But this is a show of tradition. A show of culture. Like this state is a state of tradition and a state of culture. So we got to stick to our commitments. NBA lounge. Let's step in really quickly. No rant about the Nuggets or the Celtics or the Sixers. I have no commentary today about the league at large. Tonight... I simply have a PSA, a public service announcement for Bucks fans, a a message, a state of the union, a a presidential address, if you will, a message of unity, a message of positivity. I'm trying to bring Bucks fans together today because someone's got to do it. Someone asked you. I see a lot of chatter from Bucks fans on Twitter and I hear from Bucks fans on this show and then other shows I listen to. I listen to Bart Winkler's podcast every day. A lot of fan interaction, a lot of callers, a lot of people joining the post games. I hear a lot of takes from Bucks fans, right? There's so much doom and gloom. Twitter, on this show, on other shows, on Reddit. Yeah, I become a Reddit guy now because I don't have enough other ways to light my time on fire. There's so much doom and gloom with the Bucks right now. And on one hand, I, I get it. I do. This NBA season hasn't been smooth sailing it certainly hasn't been smooth sailing for the Bucks. Chris Middleton really hasn't played a serious minute of basketball this season. He really hasn't played a serious minute of basketball since like 420 of last year. Nice. Simpler times, right? <laughs> Chris Middleton makes a lot of money. He's Giannis's number two. He's his counterpart in a really effective, uh, really hard to defend two-man game. Pick and roll. Pick and pop. Right? This NBA season has been tough because Chris Middleton hasn't been out there. He's the Bucks closer. We want to see him play. I get it. It's frustrating, Bucks fans. It's okay to be frustrated. Drew Holiday and Giannis have missed time because of illness or rest or knee soreness or whatever. It makes for a tough watch. And if you're trying to buy tickets to go to a game, you're trying to drive to Fiserv to see a game, especially some listeners of this show, you're driving from Madison, you're driving from Eau Claire, you're driving from Lacrosse. That's three or four hours in the car. Now you got to find a place to stay. Got to pay for parking. You got to arrange your schedule to get to Milwaukee either on a Saturday or if you're going on a weeknight, you got to take a half day. You got to move mountains to get to a game. You can't do it every other night. 
And if you're moving mountains to get to a game and Chris Middleton and Giannis aren't playing, not to say what's the point, but what's the point? Right? Forget about it if you're trying to buy tickets to go to a game right now. The refs just threw out Brooke Lopez the other night for no reason at all. So it's been a frustrating game and a frustrating season in terms of availability of some of our favorite and our best players. Coach Bud can be a little bit of a journey. One night to another, right? One night Marjan Bochamp is playing. The next night we get Wes Matthews. Sometimes A.J. Green plays like the entire game. Sometimes we forget he's even on the team. A little bit of a journey. A little bit of a roller coaster. Joe Ingles and Pat Connaughton are both kind of figuring it out in some capacity, in some form or fashion. Pat Connaughton missed the beginning of the year. He's, I think, finding his shooting stroke. Three-point shooters, it's very much a rhythm thing. And he's been finding his rhythm, especially recently. He's looking a lot better. Joe Ingles is looking tremendous. And he just came back. So both of those guys are finding it and figuring it out in one way or another, finding their stride after coming back from injury. The schedule sucks. 16 games in December. They traveled every other day. Five games in the last week. 14 of the first 20 games for the Bucks were at home. And then 15 of their next 23 were on the road. Really unbalanced schedule. Really awkward schedule. And the Bucks have had plenty of ugly games this year. That Friday night game against the Sixers where Maxi got hurt. Where James Harden got hurt. Everyone is hurt. And then they lost anyways. Blew a lead. Had a terrible third quarter. Giannis couldn't hit a free throw to save his life. They got blown out in Memphis by 45. They just gave up 10 minutes into the game. That sucked. And then the Bulls game a couple of Wednesday nights ago. When they had a huge lead. Let the Bulls play their way back into it. And then ended up losing in overtime. Schedule sucks. Nobody's available. Coach Bud is a journey. We got guys rehabbing and coming back from injury. We're catching strays from Bill Simmons on his podcast. And that became a thing for a week. Right? Milwaukee is a mess. All sorts of rumors about chemistry and, and, and things going on there. So we got to hear about it on Bill Simmons' podcast. We've been through a lot, Bucks fans. We have. A lot of bumps. A lot of ugly games. A lot of missed time. A lot of frustration. Okay? And I see a lot of tweets and comments. This is a season from hell. It's been a nightmare season. I, very, very deep, dark, dramatic takes on the Bucks. And all things considered... All of those factors considered. We're still standing. Not just standing. The Bucks are kind of thriving. They're second in the East right now. They have the fourth best record in the association. If you look at the Eastern Conference, it's Boston. Four games up on basically everyone. The Bucks are in the two seed. The Sixers are half game behind the Bucks. The Nets are a game behind them. Cleveland's five and a half back. Like The Bucks are comfortably in the two seed. They're comfortably near the top of the East and comfortably near the top of the entire league, right? If you, if you don't just look at East-West, if you look at the whole association. The Bucks have the same record this season through 45 games as they did in their title season. They've had an identical start to the year. Here's my message. Here's my advice, Bucks fans. The NBA season is a, it's a bit of a deep, dark forest. Right? Do you ever read The Hobbit? It's one of my core memories. I read it early in elementary school. I was way better at reading them than I'm there. Remember when you could just sit down and read a book in like a week when you were young? Superpowers as a little kid. I think we all did. I think it was for the Pizza Hut frozen pizzas or the personal pan pizzas that you could get if you read enough books. Just pounding through books. You get those pan pizzas. But I remember reading The Hobbit back in the day, and there's a chapter in that book that just describes them being in the darkest forest. You, they could barely see. It was so thick and it just really painted a picture. I don't know why this book, the imagery really stuck in my head, right? And they're trekking through this forest. That's what the NBA regular season is like. It's a long trek 
gets low and slow, and we can't see the end of the path. We can't see the edge of the forest. We can't see the tree line. We can see the vines and the leaves and the tree trunks and very dark. We can see right in front of our face, but we can't see the ultimate destination, right? So as the walk, you know, progresses, as the season progresses, we focus on the individual trees. And I think NBA fans, especially Bucks fans this season, we're way too focused on the individual trees. Oh, terrible loss to the Bulls. Uh, ugly game at the end towards the Raptors. They blew a lead. Forget the trees, right? Stop losing the forest for the trees. Bucks regular season has had a lot of bad trees. A lot of bad trees. But think of the end of the path. Think of the Bucks emerging from this forest in April. They have a chance to emerge from this forest the healthiest they've been all year. In fact, they probably will be. Chris Middleton at some point is going to get healthy. Giannis at some point is going to be healthier than he is now. And it's a powerful thing as a team to be able to say, hey, this is the healthiest we've been all year. That's powerful. And the Bucks have that opportunity right, when they emerge from this dark forest. And the Bucks have learned a lot of lessons this year so far while hiking through this forest, right? They completed all these little quests. They bested all these little creatures and ghouls and goblins. Drew Holiday's learning how to close games. Giannis is learning how to carry when no one else is out there. Brooke Lopez is just getting better. Joe Ingles is figuring out his playmaking. Pat Connaughton is dialing in his three-point shot. Grayson Allen is existing until we can staff, you know, on the bench and never play him in the playoffs. I long for that day, but that day is not yet. The Bucks are making progress. They're completing all these little quests. We're just trekking through a really dark forest right now. Don't focus too much on the trees. Just think about and visualize and long for the end of the trail in April, when hopefully the team is as healthy as it's been, feeling as good as they've felt. Coach Bud's got it dialed in. That's the dream. Focus on that. Think about that. Don't focus on all the negative, because in the big picture, the Bucks are doing great. They're doing outstanding. They're better than everyone in the East except the Celtics, even though the season has been so clunky. Let's take a break. Come back. If we have any thoughts on the Bucks, we can kind of put a put a bow around that topic for the day, and then we can switch over to the Packers. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I didn't see this before the show started. David Crosby died. That's so sad. I didn't need that today. I didn't need that. I'm going to listen to a lot of Crosby, Stills, and Nash tonight. That sucks. That's really sad. Looks like it broke just before 4 o'clock. That's too bad. Anyways, not to drag down the mood of the show. It's a bummer. This is the Wisco Sports Show. We're just stepping out of the NBA lounge. Just a couple of bucks takes. Uh, a resounding message of faith, perseverance, right? Bucks fans, like, been a lot of bumps in the road, but the Bucks are making it down the road. Does that make sense? Like, there's a lot of frustrating things that have happened this season. They're second in the East. And they have so much space to get better, so much space to get healthier. So let's cool it with the tweets that I see that are calling this nightmare season, a season from hell. Like, it's okay to get frustrated, but consider the big picture. We're, we're doing okay. 608-796-2558. Mike is in Eau Claire. What's up, Mike? Hey, Grant. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm a little bummed now that I see that David Crosby passed away. That's really sad. But other than that, great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I was going to say, I was going to get to the same point you got to in the lounge there. About, I think Budenholzer realized 
two or three years back where we had the best record in basketball, but we got bounced in the first round of the playoffs, you know, yeah. or second. I think it's kind of like, you know, play different combinations, see who plays what, figure it out to send your best team when the second season starts for the playoffs. And I think that's what Budenholz is doing. I'm not worried if we, if we, just so we get into that playoffs, and I think we're going to have the team to beat. I'm, a, you know, I really believe that. And yeah. what do you think? Am I, am I? Well, we're no, talking the same thing. Right? I, I think you're totally right. I think this Bucks team is is an interesting combination of factors. Like the Celtics are young, they're hungry. Those guys are either on their first or second deal. Like that is a team that can go out and run and try hard every night and show up every night and try to win as many games as possible. The Bucks are older, or a lot older, right? And Giannis has made his money. Chris has made his money. Drew's made his money. These Bucks players are a lot more secure in their standing. They have less to prove than some of these younger teams. And I, I think that mm-hmm. impacts, like, maybe how quickly they give up on a game. Like, if they're down 15 in the third quarter or in the second quarter, the Bucks are more likely than a lot of younger teams to say, eh, screw it, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll come back tomorrow. And also, yeah, the team's got to be healthy. I, I think Bud wants all these guys healthy at the right time, and I think he's taking all the right. steps to make sure that that's likely to happen. And I think that's the way to go into the playoffs. And I want to say something. I wasn't able to listen yesterday. I had my grandchildren. Yeah. But the day before that, we had quite a thing going with a few people that called in the other radio station. Oh. And I just want to say to all my fellow Wisconsin people out there that we are smart, intelligent Wisconsinites. And we should know that if we call a radio station that we shouldn't use bad words. If you don't know what those <laughs> bad words are, you can kind of listen to... Uh, George Carlin, look it up on YouTube. Oh, You'll yeah. teach you what those bad words are. But, I mean, I, I felt for you, sir. I felt, I almost called you son. I felt for you, you know what I mean? Because I can just see a roll of your eyes in the background. And I don't think they were tor- terrible words, but I'm sure the FAA or FCA or whatever the governing body is for radio doesn't like that. So the, uh, you the, do a great job trying to keep those down, and I'm very impressed and very proud thank, of you. Thank you, Mike. I, I believe it's the FFA, the Future Farmers of America. Or no, the uh, <laughs> the FCC. That's it. We had, FCC, a hell of, okay. we had a hell of an FFA chapter in Menominee. These smaller farming towns, they really show up with the FFAs. I don't know if there's a big presence in Eau Claire. Yeah, they love that. Hey, I was a farm boy. We're making our way back. You know, I actually just looking on TV, there's a there's a farm boy love channel. If you want to get a farmer, you got to go someplace, and you can get mixed up with a farm boy. Oh, so, like farmers only. Like way back. Farmers only. Yeah, no, it's like you know, it's like those shows where you go to the island and there's six girls and six boys, uh-huh. and they get their men and they get together. Well, it's like that where six women go to meet these six farmers, and they, and it's uh, you know another one of them uh, reality TV love shows. So farmer wants so a wife. Farm boys, we're, we're, yeah, farmer wants a wife. It's something like that. Yeah, interesting. I'm looking so at it. I don't know if you or something, but um, I just wanted to say, as for baseball, just real quick, I want to hit yeah. the first. Yeah. You know, I saw today that they were 13th in the power ranking. They were right behind St. Louis and right ahead of the Twins. And I, I'm kind of optimistic that they got, you know, the baseball brains are putting them at 13th. Uh, I think it's because of our pitching. I, I'm a big believer in this Garrett Mitchell. I think we're going to have a pretty good season. I'm a very optimistic person, but I'd like to have – I think we might be challenging for the division, you know, lead towards yeah. the end of the year. I just hope we don't, you know, have somebody that's hitting 300 and a shutout pitcher traded at the deadline. Yeah. But other than that, I just hope – you know, I'm really – I'm excited about the Brewers already. I'm looking forward to spring practice. I mean, spring the spring season. Yeah, I think it's – it's hard, but I think we got to try to view this Brewers season, this upcoming Brewers season, in a vacuum, right? 
we almost need to cut out all of the outside noise and all of the ways in which the Brewers have annoyed us the last year because they've, they've had quite a you know, had quite many yeah. steps here. we got to cut that out and just think, okay, the team that they put together for this year is pretty good, and they got some young guys coming in. Like, we're in a good spot. It's just hard because the Brewers have done a couple of things to really anger the fan base, and I think that taints how we're going to watch this team, which I think could, I'm with you. Pretty good. Yeah. You know, after our the Brewer eulogy of last fall, I kind of put them to sleep. But now I'm getting kind of excited. Well, the Packers are done. It's time to go Bucks Brewers. Yeah. So I enjoy the show. We're all going to watch what we say because I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have a great evening. Yeah, you as well, Mike. I appreciate the call. And uh, I will. The FCC and the FFA, I will mind them both. I'm looking at pictures of this Farmer Needs a Wife show. Or Farmer Wants a Wife, excuse me. Um, I tell you what, these guys might be good looking, but those jeans are too clean. This guy could never, ever run a dairy farm outside of Colfax or Connorsville. These guys couldn't hack it. I haven't met any of them, but I'm just, I'm judging by the promotional pictures. These guys, mm-mm. nope, <laughs> they don't, they don't have what it takes to farm outside of independence. You ever drive down 93, Eau Claire to La Crosse outside of Arcadia? These guys couldn't cut it. There's no way. I also didn't take Mike and Eau Claire for a reality TV savant. This is interesting. I learn something about a caller every day. Let's talk to Daniel in Madison. 608-796-2558. What's up, Daniel? Oh, what's up? I'm here to talk about the uh, the Bucks, the NBA Lounge this morning. Since yeah. I caught it, usually I don't start listening until about 5 o'clock. But I caught a, caught, caught a couple of your, uh, your takes this morning, or this afternoon, and... Uh, I think we've got it pretty good here in Wisconsin if we're, you know, losing our mind over being second place in the East uh, halfway through the season or whatever, wherever we're at now. So um, I think we need to count our blessings a little bit. This is uh, this is a place where we would have killed to be at, like, I don't know, five years ago. So, well, uh, and it's, it's, it's not like we're with the Packers, right? When the Packers lose in the playoffs and it's frustrating and fans get mad, like a lot of people say, well, it's better than not making the playoffs, right? Imagine imagine years ago when the Packers were bad, we would have killed to lose in the playoffs, right? It's like that's not what we're saying with the Bucks. The Bucks have championship aspirations, and anything short of making and, and obviously winning an NBA Finals is a disappointment. But, like, we, we got to stop and look around. We're mad about one of our star players resting on a Tuesday night. Okay, that sucks. But in the grand scheme of things, they're the second seed. They're, they're a great team winning lots of games, and their outlook is great. So I, I'm with you. Imagine a couple of years ago when the Bucks were terrible, thinking, hey, your team is going to one day be second place in the East, and fans are mostly going to be pretty frustrated with the season. Like, that's, yes, you're absolutely right, Daniel. And uh, on top of that, um, we're looking at a second seed team, right? A team that I would say has not played 70% of their best basketball yet. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and they still have what the fourth most wins in the NBA right now. Like, yeah, I, I just, uh, you, you know, you're blessed when you don't have to worry about your team during the regular season, you know, and we don't like yeah. we, unless they go and lose 20 straight, right. Or 10 straight, or I guess it, it's happened, but you know, unless that happens, knock on wood, they're, they're going to be a top four seed in the East. 
they're going to host a playoff series and, you know, they're probably going to end up running into Philly, Brooklyn, Boston, some, one of those teams. Right. So, um, what that's, that's what we get to look forward to. But like, like I'm, I get people go to the games to see Giannis and they go to see Chris and they go to see Drew and they go to see Brooke. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as Giannis likes to say, at the end of the day, you just got to be happy with winning basketball, whether it's coming from Giannis or Joe Ingles, you know? Hey, we can worry about April and say that, well, what if they never get healthy? What if the shooting never comes around? What if Giannis's game kind of remains limited this year? What if, what if, what if, Hey, Now's not the time to worry about that stuff. Let's worry about beating the Cavs on Saturday and then winning a game next week and next week. Enjoy the little stops along the way. Enjoy the regular season games, chances to improve, chances to win, and stop worrying about what's going to happen in April. We can worry about that when when we get there. True. And also, one more little thing. Um, If you say, what if their offense doesn't turn around or what if their shooting never returns or whatever before the playoffs, they literally won an NBA championship with, like, the worst yes. NBA <laughs> offense, like, two years ago. So I don't want to hear, well, what if their offense isn't good? I'm like, their their playoff defense can shut down anybody. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not worried about it. And they would be back-to-back NBA champions if they hadn't launched Chris Middleton last year, but whatever. I think so, too. That's something we got to sleep with at night. I'm, I'm learning to sleep with it. The Packers make it a lot easier to forgive the Bucks and forget about their, their playoff losses. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate Very the call. Bye. <laughs> Have a good one. 608-796-2558. Let's switch over to the Packers here in a couple of minutes. I'm going to take a break. I, I want to clarify something I said yesterday, and I want to talk about the Packers' offseason order of operations, what they do, what their mission should be in the draft, and in free agency, although they won't really be participants in free agency because they have no money. But the things that Brian Gutekinds needs to do this offseason, I want to talk more about that and maybe why Brian Gutekinds' game plan doesn't really seeming to be lining up with Aaron Rodgers' vision. That's a little bit of a problem. I want to talk about that next. It's the Wisco Sports Show, back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show kenny and heilprin coming up in just a little bit they're going to kick us off the zone so if our madison listeners want to partake in person to some kenny and heilprin you won't find two more pleasant guys you'll see him at monks sun prairie starting at five kurt hogue is going to be here at 5 30 we're going to talk brewers to wrap up the show I'm looking forward to that right now i want to talk packers and i'd love for you to join me 608-796-2558 Twitter at Wisco Grant if you're on Twitter and you want to partake. We also have a show Facebook page, and it is my New Year's resolution in 2023 to actually post stuff there. Content for those who may or may not be on Twitter. You can like the Facebook page as well. It's the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. I want to talk about the NFL playoffs. I want to talk about Tom Brady and what the NFL playoffs and what Tom Brady can teach us about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and what they should or shouldn't do or how they should or shouldn't proceed this offseason. There's eight teams left in the NFL playoffs, okay? And just a real quick pop quiz, just a little, little game to play really, really quickly. Who's the oldest quarterback remaining? Go ahead, guess. Don't think about it too hard. Just 
NFL playoffs right now, who's the oldest quarterback remaining? Do you know who it is? It's Dak Prescott. <laughs> it's Dak Prescott. He's 29. He was a rookie in 2016. Remember that year? He was Zeke, and Zeke is eating, and the stupid gif of him eating cereal, and I just, all of it. I hate it. I hated it. Now he's become much more likable. I don't think he's playing as well as he was as a rookie or, you know, when he was much younger in the league. Not that he's old. He's 29. Right? He's been turning the ball over a little bit more this year and a little bit more limited, but still. Dak Prescott's 29. He played four seasons before the pandemic started. That blows my mind. It's a really young playoff picture. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are both 26. Daniel Jones is 25. Justin Herbert is 24. Trevor Lawrence is 23. Jalen Hurts is six months younger than me, and Brock Purdy is almost two years younger than me. Think about that. This season is showing us that football is a young man's game, or at least it's a mobile man's game. Because it was very clear on Monday night that Tom Brady, as accurate as he might be, as smart and cerebral as he might be, he can't move and he can't get hit. There's not much that's physically impressive or physically dominant about Tom Brady anymore. Old. Not that he looked old at age 45, although he did, but he himself as an idea, as a player, looked old. He looked like a relic from a previous era. That's what he looked like. I want to play you a combination, two thoughts from one of the sports TV shows I actually like watching, which is First Things First with Kevin Wilds, Nick Wright, Chris Broussard. It's a little bit from Nick Wright. A little bit from Chris Broussard. This is basically my thoughts on Brady. I think this sums it up pretty well. When you look at the eight quarterbacks remaining in the postseason, what do they all have in common to varying degrees? Mobility. They can move. They can all move a little bit. And the game is changing. And it is incredibly difficult for a statuesque quarterback to thrive. I think it is impossible for a 40-soon-to-be-six-year-old statuesque quarterback to thrive. The bottom line is this. We know he's only playing for Super Bowls. Yep. And for him to win a Super Bowl, everything has to be perfect. He needs great receivers, a great offensive line, a great defense, and a great running game. And who has everything? The degree of difficulty for a quarterback that can't move is so much higher because there's no wiggle room. There's no margin for error. If the play doesn't go perfectly and the wide receiver isn't open and he doesn't catch the ball, there's nothing else. There's no plan B. There's no second gear. And Tom Brady is older than Aaron Rodgers by quite a bit. He's 45. But Aaron Rodgers' 39 to me is the same as Tom Brady's 45. And I think Aaron Rodgers is in a very similar situation that Tom Brady is in where he needs a lot of help. And I think that dictates that the Packers front office goes about this offseason in a certain way. And I want to talk about that next. But first, let's talk to Todd. 608-796-2558. What's up, Todd? How you doing? I'm, I'm doing swell. How about you? Good. Good. Yeah, so how old is Andy Dalton? He's got to be up there in age two, isn't he? <laughs> um, how, how old is Andy Dalton? Let me, I actually want to Google it. Andy Dalton age. Andy Dalton is 35. I knew he was up there. Uh, Tom Brady, at least Tom Brady, has got some good wide receivers. Team, but he just needs to get an offensive line that can't protect. You can see the Cowboy game. He's getting hit left and right. So. Yeah. I think I think the tough part is finding good offensive linemen, especially young offensive linemen, is really tough because they can't practice physically. They don't hit each other. I just think it's hard to put together a solid offensive line without any weaknesses, which is what a quarterback like Tom Brady or, or an older Aaron Rodgers need, right? They need a perfect offensive line, and that's really hard for teams to do in today's NFL. 
Packers seem like they get pretty lucky, and uh, we always get a good every year. It seems like we always get one guard or tackle that's pretty good. Yeah, I think the Packers are better than most. It's also a position that they're always feeding. They're always drafting. They're always developing. I think their coaching is really good. But even for a team that's as good as the Packers, it's hard because two guys get injured and all of a sudden you're playing rookies, you're playing depth guys. So it's not just the frontline guys need to be good. The depth needs to be good as well. And that's that's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to have a perfect offensive line unit from top to bottom, from your best guy to your worst guy. I think Green Bay should trade uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Colts and get um Then if they're not happy with love, then they should draft uh, the best quarterback in the draft and draft the best wide receiver in the draft next yeah. year. Well, that's the thing, and I, I think the Packers and Aaron Rodgers might have a little disagreement on on what's going to happen this offseason, and I can play this audio once our call is done to Todd. Aaron Rodgers said on McAfee this week, this game is about relationships for me. I want Mercedes Lewis back. I want Randall Cobb back. I want all these. I want Lazard back. And if I'm the Packers, I'm like, hey, Rodgers, these guys aren't good enough to help you at age 39. These guys can't do enough for you. We need to get you more. We need to get you more athletic, more dynamic. And if Rodgers doesn't want to hear that, well, then what? I mean, that's a little bit of an impasse. Then maybe Rodgers should go somewhere else because it's not going to work next year if we run it back with all these old guys. Hey, Grant, I can't believe you said that, too, about Tanya because he doesn't even throw the ball to Tanya. So anyway, I think he's a good teddy. They don't throw the ball to Lewis either. And when Al Lazard gets thrown the ball, he drops it. Yeah. (sighs) What are we going to do, Todd? We're stuck. But Rodgers, too, he complains about if we should bring somebody in, but the Packers cannot afford to sign anybody else with Rodgers' contract. That's why they can't bring anybody, any good receivers in because they can't afford their contract with Rodgers' contract. Yeah, it's Rodgers, but it's not just Rodgers. I mean, they have a lot of high-priced players that they've kept in, like Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari. It's not just Rodgers, but I agree with you. Yeah, they mm-hmm. can't go out and splurge like the Bears can. The Bears have $100 million to spend this offseason. The Packers are nowhere near that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, David's a really good tackle, but I think it's, he gets hurt every year, so I think it's time to get, let him go. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued with what they do. I'm going to play this Aaron Rodgers clip, and we can talk about it more. I appreciate you giving me a call, Todd. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Yeah, have a good one. That's our guy, Todd. 608-796-2558. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about this. This was from Tuesday. This game is about relationships. It's about the players you play with and count on, even if uh, they don't maybe show up huge in the stat book. A guy like Mercedes Lewis is an important cog in the wheel of the locker room and the momentum of the team. That's a guy I want to finish my career with. You know, if I'm playing, I want that guy next to me. You know, I want the Randall Cobbs of the world. If he wants to keep playing in my locker room, guys, you can win with, you know, Alan Lazar, Bobby Tynion, Dave Bakhtiari. Um, there's a lot of interesting names that, um, we'll see, you know, their, uh, you know, desire to re-sign these certain guys who are glue guys in the locker room will be an interesting conversation to be had. David Bakhtiari, I get. David Bakhtiari, I feel a little bit like a like an ex-girlfriend with David Bakhtiari. I feel like an ex-girlfriend who dated a guy for two years. And when I started dating him, he didn't have a job and he didn't comb his hair. And then I dated this guy for two years and I finally got everything, you know, in place. I got it all figured out. And then we broke up and he moves on and some other girl gets to reap the benefits of all the hard work that we did, right? You, you know the dynamic I'm talking about? I don't want that with Bakhtiari. I, I don't want the Packers to have eaten David Bakhtiari's money while he sits on the bench for the last three years because he was injured, only to cut him loose and have him go play really well for two years somewhere because he's finally healthy. I don't want that. David Bakhtiari, when he's been playing, has been excellent.
excellent. He's been a really good tackle. He just hasn't played. I hope that he can play next year. So I'm okay with bringing Bakhtiari back. But Cobb, Tunyon, Lazard, Lewis, they're not good. Tunyon is fine until you have to pay him, and they're going to need to pay him. Lazard is fine until you need to pay him. They're not good enough to necessitate a, a deal to keep them in Green Bay unless it's almost free. Alan Lazard dropped a ton of big passes this year. Mercedes Lewis doesn't catch passes. These guys aren't good enough. And that's what Brian Gutekinds needs to tell Rodgers. It's like, hey, buddy, you're 39 years old. You're an old quarterback. You can only do so much. I got to get you some, like, dynamic, athletic, explosive guys. These guys are not that. Right? It's for your own good, man. And glue guys, then you got to be a glue guy, Rodgers. Then you got to get with other guys on this team, and you got to find some new glue guys. Because these glue guys are just, they're not even glue guys. They're glue Glue isn't, they should be stuck on the bench on the sideline because they're not good anymore. Yeah. Let's talk to Wisco Chad. Chad in Sun Prairie, 608-796-2558. What's up, Chad? Good afternoon, Grant. Good afternoon. You're What's talking new? About, you're talking about my favorite subject, everybody ragging on Rodgers and trying to insinuate or, like, put words in his mouth. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just, I didn't put words in his mouth. I just played him the clip. That was his voice. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. I, I didn't necessarily believe you are, but national media is oh. sure saying, like, he wants all those guys to run it back. And I don't think that it necessarily he's saying that. I think, you know, P- Cobb's press conference from the week before, after, you know, the uh, DeMar um, Hamlin uh, incident, when he, he looked pretty freaking shook. Like, it wasn't even sure he was going to suit up and play that Sunday. Yeah. The guy might just retire. And, like, that might be a a benefit uh, to uh, the whole Rogers coming back train if Cobb just says, no, nah, I'm going to retire anyways. Like, I'm not going across the middle again and getting my head clipped off. Yeah. You know, as a quarterback, a little bit different in this league because, you know, we basically put the red penny on them all year and mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about getting hit. Yeah. But, you know, David Bakhtiari, the guy's a pro football focus, right? Some of the 10th best uh, tackle in the league. He only played half the year last year. Agreed. You yes. Know? He's very good. When he was on the field, he was outstanding. Yeah, he was. I, you know, he had, uh, um, what was that I saw? He had actually had more penalties this year than he had in his previous three seasons he actually played, yeah. which was kind of unfortunate. But in the same token, that was probably working through trust in that leg again. And by the end of the year, I think it was pretty bulletproof again. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Look. Do we worry about it, or do you just pay the man and accept the fate? Bakhtiari? Yeah. Well, they already did pay. Well, that's the thing. They're going to have to move monies to, to to get rid of him if they want to. They're going to have to eat some of the money if they want to get rid of him. I'm content to keep Bakhtiari. I have no interest in Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Alan Lazard being on this roster next year. They're not good enough. They haven't been good enough the last couple of years, and Rodgers is getting older. Yeah, and that, that, that I understand. That. By your move money, you mean they're going to have to um, figure out a way to shed that bonus or it be a June 1st well, cut? Or... Yeah, well, we'll look at it this way. If they're getting Bakhtiari, they're going to have to pay for that. They're going to have to eat some money on the dead cap. There's going to be cost of that down the line. They can't just cut them loose for nothing and, and, and all the money comes off the books. It's not going to be that clean. Yeah, and for some reason, I thought the dead cap was actually quite minimal, like $4 million. The cap's going up almost 12 this year, I believe. Yeah, but then it goes up for so it, the thing. It goes up for every team, though. 
So so contracts go up as well. So it's it's like inflation. It's all relative to everything else. It is, and that's why you know, like you're saying, a hundred million off the Bears. They were literally the worst team in the league, so they're going to need a hundred million of that. Yeah, I mean, they're not they're not nearly as close. Like, think of that. Okay, fine. You're going to pay a ta- you're going to pay a tackle. Like, you're going to pay a David Bakhtiari caliber tackle, top ten tackle. So there's 15, 17, 18 mil a year plus signing bonus. Like they're in it for 22. There's a, a fifth of your cap there, and you're spent it on one player. They need an entire defense or an entire offensive line. So yeah. pick your poison. I, like the Bears are further away than. I mean, if anybody I'd be concerned about, it might be the Lions at this. Oh point. yeah, they got to pay one yeah. man to yeah. bring in the team back. I, I'm not. I'm not concerned about the Bears. The Bears are on a different timeline than the Packers and the Vikings, and even the Lions are on a little bit of a different timeline. I you can't compare the Packers to the Bears. They're they're just in different universes as a team right now. Um, and both are, are, I guess, in a good spot in one way, but in a bad spot in the other. The Bears have a lot of unknown. The Packers have a lot of known, but I don't know that there's a lot of, you know, room for them to grow. There's a lot of room for the Bears to grow. We'll see if they do, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess, Chad, I'm not trying to put words in Rogers' mouth. The MVP comment, I don't care. They asked him about personal performance. He talked about personal performance. I, I, I care about very little of this other than wanting to bring all these old farts back. Because that, that is actually yeah. something that would be to the detriment of next year. That is, it's not years down the road. It's not like Rogers saying, hey, bring these guys back and then I'll retire and you guys will pay for it. No, no, no. That would suck next year. And if Rogers comes back, I don't want to suck next year. Sure. Do you take do you take a Cobb and a Mercedes Lewis back at the league minimum? Oh, how about they be coaches? You know what I mean? Like, okay, if Cobb wants to play for the league minimum, sure. But then he, he I don't want him on the field. That's the thing. That's the th- if Rogers oh, is, is, if the expectation is that he's your number one slot receiver, then no, I don't want that. And that's a realistic actual thing. Like uh, from what I've read about Lafour's love for uh, Big Dog for Mercedes Lewis, like that might actually be a real thing where he becomes a co- on coaching staff if sure. he wants to live in Green Bay. Sure, I, I strongly think he wants to move back to Jacksonville, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll have to talk more, you know, Chad. Like, I, I, I got to take a break, unfortunately. I just checked the clock. I'm behind. Oh, you're you're good, Grant. You know what? You, again, you still said it best. He was yucking it up on McAfee with his butt. So no, time will tell. But, you know, can you put a lot of credence to what he said? Nah. You shouldn't take it that seriously. We're not taking ourselves that seriously, Chad. We, we're doing this right, I think. Yeah. All right. You have a great day, Grant. Yeah, have a good one. That's our guy, Wisco Chad. Chad in Sun Prairie. 608-796-2558. Chris in Oregon says, do we need glue guys or do we need guys that will give this team an identity? Last year, it felt like we didn't have much of an identity as a team unless you count AARP members as an identity. Look, Rogers, then you need to be a glue guy. Be the change you want to see in the world, right? Like, Rogers, the game is about relationships, yes, but we also need capable, athletic, explosive wide receivers. Even more so because you're about to be 39, 40 years old. You need help. Buddies in the locker room are not going to help score touchdowns. Younger, more athletic, hungrier, more talented wide receivers will. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. The rest of the McAfee interview, whatever. This is something that, that bothers me. This drives me up a wall a little bit. Let's take a break. Three minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We 
Frisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I believe Kenny and Hopper are going to kick us off the airwaves in Madison. So if you're driving around and you want to go experience Kenny and Hopper live, it's something I only wish I could do. I dream of doing, but tied here in this studio. I not literally tied. I'm, I'm you know, professionally tied up to this microphone until six o'clock, so I can't go. But you should. We got one more hour of the Wisco Sports Show, so if you're in Madison, you want to continue listening, I'll tweet out a link. I get a text here that says, I think Cobb, for what he was this year, was great. He only played 30% of the snaps at key times. I'd take him back at league minimum. It's not even an economics thing for me. That, that That's the problem. That's the Randall Cobb problem. Is, is I don't think Aaron wants Randall Cobb on the team. I think he wants Randall Cobb as his number one slot wide receiver. And Randall Cobb is not a good wide receiver anymore. He's he's fine, but he's injury prone and he's not very fast and he's not very big. And I, I guess here and there he can be a security blanket on third down, but I, I want to get younger. I want to start to turn the page on the offense. I want to start building. The Packers have an opportunity right now to build another version of the wide receiving core that they had in like 2010, 2011. I love Dobbs. I love Watson. This year's draft, let's draft another wide receiver and a tight end. And you have this core that you can build around. You can grow with this core. They're going to be cheap. They're going to be more athletic. They're going to be more explosive. They're going to allow Aaron Rodgers or whoever the quarterback is to have an easier time playing quarterback. Like you don't need to put the ball in a tiny window along the sideline. No, 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 no. Christian Watson's really fast. He'll get himself wide open. Romeo Dobbs is good. He'll get himself open. If you draft a Quentin Johnston or a... um, or an Addison from Jordan Addison from USC. Those guys will get open. It'll make the quarterback's life easier. I don't want Randall Cobb. If he wants to sit on the bench for the league minimum, sure. If he's the number one slot ride receiver, which I think is what Rodgers wants, then I'm out. Two minutes, hour two of the Wisco Sports Show next. I found myself when I lost you. I know what they go through. They're taking shots from people on the outside and to see them rally and stick together that's always been an important part of every team we've had here stick together through thick and thin this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers Badgers, bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills yesterday and a little on Tuesday. Just don't get bent out of shape about the McAfee stuff. Just don't. He's BSing with his friends. Right? He doesn't really... Like, Roger's going on the McAfee show and saying all of the things you'd expect him to say about retirement and his upcoming decision. That's run of the mill. We would all love to have that power. We would all love to be making a decision that that many people cared about. I'd drag it out too. It's like, hey, Grant... I uh, I hear you're bringing a, another host onto the show, or I hear you're doing this or that. Like, when are you going to tell us? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll get I'll get around to it. Like, if I had some big news, if I had a big reveal about the show, some big guests that I was able to get, I'd drag that out. Are you kidding me? I'd drag it out for weeks. I need to uh, spiritually and emotionally disconnect and, and be alone before I can make it, you know, make the announcement or something like that. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for talking about retirement. All old quarterbacks do it. It's not just Favre. Brady's doing it. Breeze did it, but we just didn't care as much because it was Breeze, and Breeze is boring, and for the most part, no one cares about the Saints. Old quarterbacks, don't get bent out of shape about the Mackey interview, except for the one thing that I'm getting bent out of shape about, and that is this insistence that all of these mid-pass catchers be back on the team next year. Alan Lazard is just, like, he's fine. 
I don't want to move mountains to bring him back. Randall Cobb is old. If he wants to be a coach or literally sit at the bottom of the depth chart and never play, all right. Same with Mercedes Lewis, but Mercedes Lewis is not a modern tight end. Like, I need someone who's a threat. I need some pass catchers that are going to scare people. So if anything is bothering me about the McAfee interview yesterday, it's that. And I think it's a it's a Packers thing as much as it's a Rodgers thing. They seem very intent on bringing their guys back and running it back. We want everyone back. It's not just a Rodgers thing, but I think Rodgers' voice looms pretty large, especially with Cobb and Lewis and some of his other veteran buddies. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding night. We're going to have Kurt Hogue at 530 to talk brewers. We're going to react live to hot stove, cold brews. And whoever cooked up that name in the brewers front office, give that man or woman a raise. Brilliant. They had it at a tiny bar. Do you guys see pictures of this event? Whatever. We'll get Kurt. Kurt was there. We'll get Kurt's take on in a half hour. Right now we're talking Packers. If you want to call or text, you can 608-796-2558. Cone Roller. What's up, Cone? Hey, Grant. Yeah, the, the videos coming out of that Brewers thing didn't look great. Uh, where was Christian Yelich? Honestly, he's he's getting paid $26 million a year. Wait, not getting paid, stealing $26 yeah. million dollars a year. Brewers, <laughs> and he can't go up to a fan event. Look, I think that's a little ridiculous, honestly. Willie Adamas and Freddie Peralta spend most of their offseason in the Dominican Republic. And and Willie Adamas is like, no, I need to be here at this tiny bar. It's not like Brewers on Deck where they had panels and it's this big production and it's a planned thing. This was a one-off at a bar where they did a tap takeover and there was some media and some photo ops. It was all very informal. Freddie Peralta and Willie Adamas, who spend a large chunks of their offseason in the Dominican, were like, I'm going to be there for that. And Willie Adamas has received no indication from Brewers that they actually want to pay him and keep him. Christian Yelich has been given the bag. He should be the guy who's... I'm the face of the franchise. They've committed to me. I'm going to throw them a bone. No, I agree with you. I know it's a small thing, but for Brewers degenerates that really care about the the smallest little things with this team, I'm totally with you. Yelich needs to be there. You know, Ryan Braun never missed one of those. He was there every single year. I think that's an outstanding. He embraced the role. Nay, the responsibility that came with the one big contract that the Brewers can give out. He said, look, I'm the one guy who gets the big deal. We're not going to be great every year. I'm always not going to have a great season, but I'm going to be Mr. Brewer. I'm going to return the favor to the franchise after they returned this huge favor to me with the contract. People don't talk about that enough with Ryan Braun. Yep. Not, not talked about enough. And, you know, hopefully one day our kids and our kids, kids can remember Ryan Braun as they look up at AmFam stadium and see his number up in the rafters. That's a whole other conversation, but yes, I do believe that Ryan Braun's number should be retired. And the Brewers yeah, making some arbit- arbitrary that. rule where they're like, no, you got to be a Hall of Famer. You're the Brewers. Shut up. You don't get to decide such things. Yeah. Who's our next? I mean, we don't have to get into this, but the wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Packers, um, Packers, Packers. I, I, I don't hate them bringing back Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis next year, honestly. Okay. I think there's still a role for them to play. Obviously, they should never be a focal point of any offense going forward. No, not at all. Randall Cobb, at best, should be the number five receiver. All right. Mercedes Lewis, bring them in to block. Great, good leader. Him and Rodgers get along. But if you just get rid of them with really no plan, like where does this team stand? I mean, is Samari Torre then your wide receiver three? Hmm. So... 
if I tell you Lazard, Lewis, and Cobb, you get to bring back two of them. Would it be Cobb and Lewis? I, I kind of want a clean break from Lazard. I'm kind of over the Alan Lazard thing. Yeah, Cobb Lewis, for sure. Because I, I think I, I agree with you 100% that, you know, the Packers need to stack more weapons in the draft, uh, yeah. particularly wide receiver. And if you got Cobb there, I think that does go a long way with, you know, Cobb kind of being the bridge between the young receivers and Aaron Rodgers. I think I think that's a, a big thing that's important to this organization and obviously important to Aaron Rodgers. They need a slot wide receiver that's young and explosive and can do the things that Cobb can't. I don't know who that is. It's a bummer that it wasn't Amari Rodgers. I don't know who that is, but they yeah. got to go back into the draft and, and yes, they just need to keep feeding. They need to get younger and more talented there. This offseason is such a huge opportunity to do that. Well, you know, one thing you can do to study up is just go on Twitter and look at every single Packer fan's mock drafts that they're doing and, you know, see who we really like. <laughs> I was listening, and I know we both listened to Bart Winkler a little bit. His frustration with the mock draft Twitter echo chamber and how everyone tweets the screenshots back and forth at each other, and it's, it is a, it is kind of a toxic part of Twitter. I like trolling around and looking at mock drafts because it's exciting, right? Like, I like to see the names of the people who might oh, end yeah. up on my TV, but or on my team and my TV, I guess. But some people go way too hard over it. It is it is quite a lot. Yeah, for me, I always like looking at mock drafts for, like, Wisconsin, where Wisconsin athletes are going to go versus who, like, my professional team is going to take. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Hey, I, uh, I'm looking at a picture right now on Twitter. Luke Fickle was at Pewaukee High School today. I guess I don't. Is there another Watt brother we don't know about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I was gonna say. I guess I don't have anything to add to this. I just know that you're a big time booster to the program. Is he scheming something up? What's what's going on? Yeah, Luke. Luke's paying a visit to the Watts. Um, there was a rumor a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but that uh, you know, Mister Watt had another kid with with a staffer at uh, Pewaukee. So oh. there might be another Watt <laughs> floating around somewhere. Right. Yeah, it's like the but the John Snow of the family. Yep, yep. Oh and you know, John Snow could he turned out to be the best. Yeah, he was the only one that stayed alive. That is true. I can't, yeah, I guess I I forget that's where Chris McIntosh came from, and he's taking a picture in front of his jersey. But yeah, I mean, I I'm glad that Luke Fickle is exploiting or looking to exploit all avenues for recruiting. This is good stuff, Cohen. I feel good about the state of your program. I say your because you're a big booster. Thank you. And one last thing I'll add is John Snow never tore his pack like the rest of the watch family. So he's leaving the night's watch source me. John Snow would never post something like that. <laughs> uh, that'd be great if he did. That's... They had Twitter back in Westeros. <laughs> this is all I have to add. I'm going to wrap up this conversation. Cone. <laughs> Yeah, last thing I guess on that is, do you think uh, Night Watch fans would are doing mock drafts on some of the criminals around Westeros that they're looking to draft? Uh, yeah, I mean, one would think. What else do they have to do up there? Imagine, now I'm thinking of what it would be like if sports and Twitter were around in the time of Westeros, and that would be pretty sick. Because I bet the, the guys who lived at the Night's Watch would be like us, in that they have no lives and they would live in Twitter spaces and just F around with mock drafts and just stupid sports things online because what else are they going to do up there yeah i think, I think ike uh night's watch is, is <laughs> launching here pretty soon 
Uh, yes, I think so. I'm going to wrap. Cone, thank you for the call. Have yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> Have a good one. Yeah, shut up. Ike Night's Watch. Uh, has that account been launched yet? Speaking of Ike, I know we were just talking about our uh, our friend Bart Winkler. He said on his podcast today that the Boses look like they could be Ike brothers. And I haven't really been able to shake that from my mind. Because they definitely look like long-lost siblings of the Ike brothers. Let's talk to Mike at Chippewa Falls. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. I, I guess I don't have a way to bring you in other than, I, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. I, I feel like we got to let that Game of Thrones conversation die and move on. Yeah, I, I watched all of it. it. It was great. I haven't really gotten into the new one, though. I tried to just, eh, I was a little burned out on it. Yeah, it's fine. But, uh, it was fine. I just, uh, yeah. I, I just called because I, uh, this is the first chance I got to call you, and so I, my call is a little dated, but I was really pleasantly surprised Monday when you got all these calls from Vikings fans and mm-hmm. how gracious and uh, mature they were about, you know, what happened to the Vikings. And I thought, wow, that's that's so unlike me because I just wanted to tell you that I watched all four of the Vikings Super Bowls with undisguised glee and joy. <laughs> and uh, from 1970, uh, January 1970, I was 12, and I remember the, their fourth Super Bowl. I was in the Navy then. I got I was off that day, and we were, our ship was in dry dock, so I got to watch them at the Petty Officers Club, and I was the guy at the end of the table jumping up and down screaming, and everybody was wondering what the hell was wrong with me. And, uh, yeah, they um, so I was uh, very, very excited when it came to things like that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just what I really wanted to tell you that you remember last week we had a talk about some of your callers the guy was ripping on your callers because they said they were dumb and, and you said oh, come after me not in the, I'm yeah. a grown ass man yeah I know you're talking I've been enjoying I've been enjoying your callers um, I mean some of the best callers and talks radio because sometimes I listen to some of these national shows and even local shows and people call uh, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you guys are, are your callers are to the point, and, uh, you know, they get it done. So, Well, that's, that's, what, that's what I like about more local radio, and obviously national is a little bit different. But on local radio, you know, you have a chance to, to talk to people every day or every other day and build a little bit of a brand. Like, Mike in Eau Claire the last couple of weeks has built himself, forget building a brand, Mike in Eau Claire is building an empire, okay, from four to six. Yeah. Or Dave <laughs> Monona. We haven't heard from Dave Monona because he's mad at me for something that was 100% not my fault, but we don't need to go back into that. I I like this format of a show because you can talk to the same callers regularly and check in and, you know, we get to hear if Eric on I-90 is going snowmobiling on the weekend. You don't get that on Dan Patrick. That's right, exactly. So, yeah, my my wife, she's never listened to sports talk radio in her life and she heard you the other day and she says, well, he's only 24. He sounds so much more grown up than that. He's well, really smart. And, and she gave us the, the okay we, to adopt you. So, <laughs> I- I appreciate that. Oh, I'm very mature. Uh, I, I get that a lot. Actually, I get the opposite a lot. Mike, I appreciate you, and I enjoy the callers to the show, and you are one of these callers, obviously. I enjoy you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thank you, Grant. Have a good yeah. night. Mike in Chippewa Falls. Jared in DeForest texts in. He says, got any recommendations of sports to watch tonight or tomorrow? No Badgers or Bucks to watch, so I'm looking for something else meaningful. Ah, uh, well... Thursday is TNT night. Let's check the NBA schedule. 
NBA schedule. This is a great radio schedule ESPN. Let's see. So there'll be two primetime games. There's fewer games on tonight. Let's see. Boston and Golden State. Ooh, finals rematch tonight. There you go, Jared. Warriors at Celtics tonight at 630. And then the late game is Nets at Suns. It's actually not a bad slate. And if you want to go a little bit deeper, if you want to find a a creative free online way to stream Toronto at the Wolves, it's kind of funny. The Wolves keep losing and it's funny. Sixers at the Blazers tonight as well, if you're interested. The France game was today. That already took place. Chicago and Detroit over in Paris. I wanted to go cover that with Zach Heilprin, but again, we couldn't get it in the budget. So we're 0 for 2 on international trips, coverage trips, journalism, reporting, actual work getting done between <laughs> between me and Zach. I do want to cover an event with Zach just to drive him nuts with, with my professionalism. Drive him nuts with my professionalism, of course. To put a little bow on our Packers discussions, this is Aaron Rodgers one more time. This is This is what I don't agree with. This is what I don't like. Everything else from the McAfee show is a throwaway. Just ignore it. This I don't like. This game is about relationships. It's about the players you play with and count on, even if uh, they don't maybe show up huge in the stat book. A guy like Mercedes Lewis is an important cog in the wheel of the locker room and the momentum of the team. That's a guy I want to finish my career with, you know. If I'm playing, I want that guy next to me, you know. I want the Randall Cobbs of the world, if he wants to keep playing, in my locker room. Guys you can win with. You know, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tynion, Dave Bakhtiari. Um, there's a lot of interesting names that um, we'll see, you know, their, uh, you know, desire to re-sign these certain guys who are glue guys in the locker room will be an interesting conversation to be had. <sighs> I just don't want the same dusty group of pass catchers next year. I'm over it. Go younger. Even if that means inexperience. Even if that means growing pains. As you saw with Christian Watson... The splash plays ideally outweigh the growing pain plays. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Let's take a break. 608-796-2558. Call, text, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We'll talk a little more Packers when we come back before we get into the Brewers with Kurt Hogue. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sentinel, the Slim Reaper of the Brewers beat. He's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. St. Paul Schmidt texts in and says, tell him to watch the Kings light the beam in all caps. I wish the Kings played tonight. They do play tomorrow. Thunder Kings at 9 p.m. That's a that's 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 a televisable product, I guess. Two huge markets. A lot of intrigue there. Don't look now, by the way. But our Sacramento Kings are third in the West. They're third in the West. They're behind only the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. Also, we should probably talk more about how good the Nuggets are, but they're the Nuggets, so maybe we shouldn't. I I don't know. The Nuggets are actually scary, and I don't think we take that into consideration. The Kings are third in the West. Let me tell you I can say that. Rowdy tweeted at me earlier today. Rowdy, of course, from over the line on our Madison affiliate, WOZN which is currently occupied by Mr. Kenny and Mr. Heilprin. He tweeted this at me. This summer, a better at Caesars made two giant futures wagers on the Sacramento Kings to win the 2022-2023 NBA title. 
$10,000 at 750 to 1 and $8,000 at 350 to 1. Bets would win a combined 10.3 million. I guess. Look, I, I love the Kings. I do. They're my West Coast team. You got to have a West Coast team and you got to have teams in other conferences, okay? My SEC team is Missouri. My Pac 12 team is Colorado and it always has been. It's not a Deion Sanders thing. I've always just liked the Buffs. Them, them Buffs be playing. Not recently, but I do like the Buffs. They're my Pac 12 team. I don't have an ACC team. I don't like the liberal East Coast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I like the Kings. They're my West Conference team. I would not bet a dollar on them to win anything. It'd be like lighting money on fire or betting it on the Brewers. It's all the same. I'm glad that this guy has the disposable income to drop $10,000 on a 750 to one. Why did the odds shift so much? Must've been the Kevin Herter trade. Correct. Kevin Herter moved it 400 points. He went from 750 to 350. No, they got Kevin Herter. Vegas needs to adapt. Yeah, Rowdy, I don't know if Rowdy's been doing a lot of Sacramento Kings stuff on uh, on the Razor's Edge. I don't know. I missed the Razor's Edge this morning. I also slept until 9. It's a, it's a whole thing. It's been a day. But I'm with you, Schmidt. I like to watch the Kings light the beam. Tonight's good NBA night, though. We got a finals rematch. Jalen Brown is going to play. Imagine that. Stars playing on a nationally televised game. Who'd have thought? And then Brooklyn at Phoenix late at night. I'm probably going to watch the NBA in the background while I play League of Legends because I'm... I'm, I'm back committed to that grind and that game. Again, I, I don't think it's a good thing, but it's the thing that I'm doing. So here we are. We were just talking a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and what he said on the McAfee show about the weapons or the glue guys. Rodgers is such an interesting man. There is something to be said for relationships. There is something to be said for glue guys in the locker room, as Rodgers says. What accent even is that? What what is that? The locker room. What is that? How people on the West Coast talk? Locker room. What is that? He's like Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp has played so many weird characters that he's become his characters in weird life. I feel like we're getting there with Rogers. Where it's like you're not even a real we've lost you to the role. You are you become a character of yourself. Johnny Depp did that years ago. I feel like Rogers getting there. Cogs and keys and in, in the locker room. I don't know why that sticks with me, but it does. Moving on. He wants all these guys to stay. And he wants these glue guys, these older guys who are important to the chemistry in the locker room. You know what's really good for chemistry? is winning. You know what's really good for chemistry? Good players. Look at the 49ers, for example. I don't know that the 49ers have lots of great culture guys, great glue guys, great, you know, cogs in that locker room. <laughs> I don't know if the Niners are... are made up of a bunch of Mercedes Lewises. I think the Niners go out and beat teams' asses every weekend, and then they're like, hell yeah, we just beat that team's ass. Let's do it again next weekend. That's their glue. That's their glue. They don't need any cogs in the locker room. They just need to come back to the locker room victorious every week. It's amazing what winning does for culture. And I think they probably find their glue guys along the way. Glue guys and locker room guys, locker room guys. That's not something you can seek out. I think that's something you have to stumble upon organically. And I think specifically signing guys to be cogs and to be, you know, important voices in your locker room. I, I just think you're, I don't know, you're chasing something that you can't catch. You know, 
you ever uh, you ever go outside and stargaze? You big constellation guy, anyone listening? You go out and you look at constellations, and if and if you're in a place uh, without any light pollution, right next to Edgewood High School would be a good place. That's the, that's the second day in a row we've been able to make a joke about the Edgewood High School light situation. I am going to make this a personal goal every day to be able to work in this joke. I swear that wasn't planned. Go stargazing sometime. And you got to be somewhere without light pollution and obviously can't be an overcast night. But when you start looking up, you will see, and I can't explain it, but there will be a star in the sky where if you look directly at it, you won't be able to see it. But if you look like next to it, then you'll be able to see it in your peripheral, peripheral, in your periphery. You'll be able to see it off to the side. But then when you look directly at it, it'll kind of disappear. There has to be a scientist listening that can understand and explain this phenomenon. I can't, but we all know what I'm talking about, right? That star, that star that you can't look directly at, but you know that it's there, that's a, a, a key guy in the locker room, right? You can't go out into the free agency market and say, hey, that guy's an all-time great dude. We'll bring him in. He'll be a leader right away. No, no, no. Leaders have to appear. They have to, they, they have to grow. They have to come up in natural circumstances. It's like Narnia. They could only go through the wardrobe like on accident. They, they couldn't like specifically go looking for it. It had to be natural. It had to kind of be in the moment. I feel the same way about locker room guys. Who's to say Christian Watson can be that guy next year? And I also think, and here's here's another thing. I think when you keep Randall Cobb and you keep Mercedes Lewis and you keep these locker room guys, it prevents younger guys from stepping up and taking the, the reins on the team. And I think you need that. I think you need to create a vacuum so younger players, the next generation of players, can step up and, and assume that role, Right. It's not to say that I want to get rid of every leader on the team or every veteran on the team. That's not what I'm saying. But we need to give the younger guys the opportunity not only to make plays on the field and get reps at wide receiver and at tight end, but we need to give those younger players an opportunity to step up and actually lead and to become the next face of the franchise or faces of the franchise or faces of the locker room. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is so toxic. Do you get what I'm saying, though? I understand I'm, I'm being annoying. Do you get what I'm saying? I realize that Cobb is a good leader. I realize that Mercedes Lewis is a good leader. I would love him as coaches. If they want to hang around as bottom of the depth chart guys, that's fine. But when you keep these guys on the roster, even at vet minimum deals, if that's what it you know is going to take, you're taking away on-the-field reps, developmental reps from other players, and you're robbing young players of a chance to step up and become a leader. Because at some point, we need younger guys to step up and take the reins. I want the Kenny Clarks and the Jair Alexanders and and players from that generation, quote-unquote football generation, not real-life generation, but players from that kind of time window to step up and make it their team. And that's hard to do when you have leaders that are being shoehorned onto the roster by management and by the quarterback. Although, I think in this instance, management and the quarterback are one and the same, which I guess is what Rodgers has wanted all along, which is fair. Let's take a break. Come back in five minutes. We'll talk about the Brewers a little bit. We'll bring Kurt Hogue into the show from the Journal Sentinel. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. You know, a lot of times I watch sporting events and I'll cheer for my teams, Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. And I'll cheer for my teams. But then sometimes I watch games where my teams aren't playing. 
and I got to try to find a rooting interest, right? Because I'm not a betting man. I'll bet every once in a while, like if me and two friends, it's like, hey, let's all put 10 bucks on this and then we can cheer for it. You know, the NBA playoffs or whatever. Sometimes, but it's not my thing. I'm not drawn to it. I'm not called to sports bet. So sometimes when I'm watching games, I'll think, I want this to happen because it'll be funny. I want this to happen because it'll be great for content. I want this to happen so then tomorrow, 4 o'clock, when I go on the air, I can say this, 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 and this, right? It opens doors content-wise for the show. I got to say, I'm a little disappointed that the Vikings just fired defensive coordinator Ed Donatel four minutes ago. The statement was put out from Kevin O'Connell. Would you like me to read it verbatim? I think I will. <clears throat> Today, I informed Ed Donatel we will be going in a different direction at defensive coordinator in 2023. While this was a, diff- a difficult decision because of the tremendous respect I have for Ed as a person, as a coach, I believe it is the right move for the future of our football team. I want to thank Ed for his commitment to the Vikings this past season, for the positive impact he had on our players and coaches, and his role in helping me as a first-year head coach lay this foundation. We wish Ed and his wife, Sherry, only the best in the future. We will immediately begin our search to fill this critical role as we continue to build a championship standard for the Minnesota Vikings. This is a bummer. I I guess it was just really fun this season for Packers fans and Vikings fans to commiserate about the same thing. You know what I mean? Vikings and Packers fans, we don't have a lot in common. You know, the Packers, for example, win championships, and the Vikings do not. That's not something that we can bond over the Packers traditionally have had elite next level Hall of Fame quarterback play that's not something that the Vikings have had the Vikings play inside the Packers play outside all of these differences we finally had one thing that united our team and it was we can't stand our defensive coordinator our defense was terrible in a playoff game and gave up a bunch of yards to a mobile quarterback we we had that in common for like two months and I'm, I'm gonna say it was, it was really nice. It was fun. It was nice to have something in common with a rival fan base. And it was fun to bond over. And I was hoping maybe we'd get that next year, too. But we will not be that lucky as the Vikings. And Kevin O'Connell directly just announced that he fired Ed Donatel. So maybe now Mike Pettin will be next. Maybe another, another old dusty defensive coordinator. Wade Phillips? Gus Bradley? Oh, it'd be better if they were even worse next year at defensive coordinator. Then we could continue to bond. Really, this show's about bringing people together. And we were bringing together, bringing together Packers and Vikings fans. Through Ed Donatel. Now he's gone. That sucks. Anyways, let's talk Brewers. They're uh, cold, cold brew. What, what the hell was it called? Hot stove cold brew event. So basically what happened is they did Brewers on deck, which is a big, a big to do. And they stopped doing that because it was from the people I talked to. Uh, it's a lot of work to put together. It was, again, it was a big commitment. It took a lot of work from the Brewers. They didn't want to do it. And also, they were a little worried about turnout, you know, because they traded away Josh Hader and Submarine to a year of contention. You know, that whole debacle. Fans were a little upset about that. So they were worried that, you know, maybe that many people weren't going to show up, which was absurd because we're always going to show up to drink beer and see Brewers players in public. It doesn't matter. Like, we're going to show up. So they did it at this bar that was big for a bar, but small for a venue. People were lined up around the block. People were, they couldn't get in. And it was shoulder to shoulder in the bar. And it just, it just looked, whatever. I'm not an event coordinator. Okay, this isn't HGTV. I'm not grading the Brewers' ability to host an event. Although if I were, I'd give them an F. And it would be as simple as that. The one thing 
that has people talking from last night, and I tip my cap to Kurt Hogue, who posted the video clip, and we'll talk to Kurt next, about Willie Adamas talking about contract extension, or I guess lack thereof. Is Willie Adamas basically saying, I love Milwaukee. I want to stay in Milwaukee. I really like it here. I mean, he came back from the Dominican Republic to be at this event in a bar. You know what I mean? I don't like walking around the corner from my apartment to go to a bar sometimes. Willie Adamas traveled in a plane and said, no, I'll be there. I will be there. I like Milwaukee. I want to be here. Willie Adamas said, no contract extension talks at this point in time. Nothing. And that's what got people buzzing. I just, I don't know. I'm so interested as to where the Brewers go. Because they have a couple of guys, Woodruff. Burns, Adamas, they they have this batch of players that are all extension eligible. It would make sense. The timing later this spring maybe would make sense. And I'm just interested to see which direction Matt Arnold goes with some of these guys. Let's take a break. We'll get Kurt Hogue on the phone from the Journal Sentinel. We'll talk Brewers. He was at that event last night. We'll get his take and his thoughts on Adamas and hot stove, cold Bruce. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. This is not a me problem. It's not a good name for an event. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It's clever, hot stove, cold brew, but it it doesn't roll off the tongue. And my job is about making things roll off the tongue. So, again, if I were to be consulted about the event planning, I'd give them an F, and I would probably start with the name that is, you know, a little bit of a pain in the butt to say. Anyways, Kurt Hogue next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, last segment of the show. I just want to wrap up this show so I can go listen to what I missed on Kenny and High Open tonight. Gonna go check out that podcast. They've been live at Monks talking Badgers. I'm sure they got some famous guest. Zach's, you know, just ripe with knowledge. Ben with some good takes. So I'm gonna check out that podcast tonight for sure. You can always listen to the Wisco Sports Show podcast to catch whatever part of the show you may have missed. We normally do guests at 4:30, and recently, like the last two weeks. We start the show with Bucks or Badgers basketball or whatever's going on, and then we just coast to 6 o'clock BSing about the Packers. And I thought today, let's mix it up a little bit. For the folks who might listen from 5.30 to 6 every day, well, let's, get, let's get them a little shine. Let's give them a chance to hear from a guest. So I interviewed Kurt Hogue uh, about 3 o'clock right before the show started because he had to pick his kid up from daycare. So here's our conversation. We're here with Kurt Hogue. He was formed in the fires of the Big Ten. He's a standard uh, member of Wisconsin Badgers Twitter. The Slim Reaper of the Brewers beat, Kurt, and you're at the Journal Sentinel. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Yeah, I, I like that nickname. Uh, is, is that the one Kevin Durant doesn't like, or is it the Durantula? I don't know. I, I don't know. Both are kind of awesome. I am the bucket getter of Brewers, mm-hmm. Brewers, uh, the Brewers beat, so it works. Yeah, you guys are all like 6'5". You all like Kevin Durant, but I think you should lay claim to that nickname. You were with a lot of other members of the Brewers beat, obviously, at Hot Stove Cold Brews yesterday and i was looking at pictures and videos and it was in a small bar you were one of the lucky ones that made it inside and it looked packed and lively and everyone was talking to everyone kind of describe what it was like and how did that event go yeah it was not a uh, it was not a large space it was <laughs> it, like as, as far as bars go it was it was relatively spacious like they had a nice area on both sides of the actual bar and then yeah you know some room to fit lots of people in for the line but even even then, you know, like if you're going to put together a free event uh, in the off season, you know, for a major league baseball team, there's going to be a lot of interest, no matter how good or bad 
said team is. Like you'd probably, well, maybe in Tampa Bay it wouldn't exactly work. Sure. But pretty much anywhere else, you'd you'd get a good crowd, and and the, the crowd was the crowd was good. It was lively. They were, um, I mean, the player interactions were very close. Uh, there was not a lot of room to walk. So the energy inside was was pretty good. Um, I, I I think there's probably some frustration with the lack of the lack of size of the venue and. You know, I, I saw the lines outside. I wasn't out there, but it uh, looked like it was a, it, it was a bit of a challenge to get in at times. It looked like the commoners outside were having a difficult time. I wouldn't know. I was inside, you know, bumping shoulders with Craig Council, and it looked like Willie Damas and, and Council and even Freddie Peralta pouring some good stiff drinks. Did you have a drink served by any of the brewers? I, I don't think I'm allowed to. That's fair. Uh, That's while working. And if I did, I wouldn't admit I wouldn't admit to having having done it. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, uh, message very, received. very serious, very serious journalism things yeah. going on. Yeah, I could learn a, a thing or two about serious journalism. Uh, some great journalism from you, Kurt. You posted a video about Willie Adams going back and forth about uh, where he stands with the Brewers, and he talked about how he loves Milwaukee, loves being a Brewer. No extension talks have taken place. I guess I'm not shocked by that, but what was your read on that situation and, and where the Brewers and Willie Adams stand going forward? Yeah, yeah, not shocked by it. Uh, the, the the interesting, I guess, or maybe even kind of confusing part of it is the timelines are a bit a, a bit out of uh, I don't say out of whack, but a bit confusing uh, because he told Adam McCalvey, a fellow tall Brewers beat writer, yep. uh, in I think November that they he had told David Stearns before he stepped down uh, from his position that he wanted to stay and they had some conversations about extensions. Um, but then yesterday, Willie said that they hadn't had any conversations. But I, and this is this is not I, like this is just my read on it. Is right. the way I framed the question to him was like, you've said that you want to be in Milwaukee, you love it here, you love the city, et cetera. Have you do you have any update on those extension talks from this off season? So I believe he was talking about over the last couple of months. No, they haven't had any talks. That's not a huge shock. I know there was a big uproar about it, and like it's not a great look to for the team to not have, you know, had talks with your 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 star position player, arguably the best player on the team at any spot. Yeah. Although there's a couple pitchers that would like to stake a claim to that. But uh, and also like sometimes agents have discussions that the players don't know about too. Sure. Um, so I there's still plenty of time to get this done. I'm not the most optimistic that it does get done. I mean, you kind of look at the shortstop market right now and like what the, these guys have been getting in free agency, and he's not, and Willie's not that far removed from that. Um, but, you know, maybe there is some middle ground to be had in there somewhere. And most of the time when the Brewers have found, you know, a, a way to get these extensions done, it's often in spring or, or earlier in the, in the regular season. We're talking with Kurt Hogue, Journal Sentinel, and I read your piece yesterday, and you said, yeah, when these deals have gotten done late in the spring, early in the season. So the timeline isn't insane. You know, the Brewers could very much get something done with Adamus. We'll have to wait and see. It seems to me, tell me if I'm wrong, I might be picking nits here. I'm not trying to be overly negative about the Brewers, although sometimes I think they deserve it, right? Me and some of my degenerate Brewer fan friends were talking the other night. Is it weird that Yelich wasn't there at this event? It seems like Adamus has kind of assumed the, the face of the franchise role and you can tell me if I'm being nitpicky here, but I, I want to see Yelich at this stuff. I don't think it's necessarily weird that Yelich wasn't there. I, I mean, like, if it's Brewers on deck, you know, something of that scale, and, okay, you know, your $26 million man's not there, but this was not Brewers on deck. It was like a two-, three-hour event. And for the most part, I mean, I, I think the 
I think the outlier here is that Freddie and Willie were like, yeah, we got to come to this. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they spend a lot of time outside the country in the winter in the Dominican, their home. <laughs> and and they're both just like, oh, we got to we got to go to this together because, I mean, that's just kind of how they are. And they love these sort of crowds and events and um Willie obviously loves, you know, he, he he's kind of t- over, maybe overtaken as the fan favorite. Uh, the crowd sure seemed to yeah. be like that last night, and he feeds off it as well. So, yeah, it was mostly younger guys, you know, for like Mitchell, Ashby, and uh, and then and then those two more established guys. So, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into that. All right, I won't read. I'm going to notice, but I, I won't read. That's very fair. Uh, one thing that hit me hard this week: Travis Shaw announced his retirement. And I don't know if people realize this because his ride with the Brewers is very much up and down. But Travis Shaw has been the Brewers opening day starter at third base for, what, four of the last six, three of the last. Like, he's been that guy on opening day at third base more often than not the last years. What's your read on the third base position for this upcoming season? Where do you think the Brewers are going to go there? Uh, a hodgepodge of, of of league average, slightly above league average. Wow. Um <laughs> I, 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 Luis Arias, I mean, he might split time between second and third. And like, he's one of the guys on the team that you look at and like, okay, maybe he's got another level that he hasn't reached yet. Um, I think I mean, Mike Brasso like is a very useful complementary piece on a roster. Yeah. I'm not sure if you want him playing every day. Uh, but I don't. Lefties, I I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'll be the guy who says I just I don't want that. I don't want that. I'll say it. I'll come out and say it. Yeah, that that is that's fair, but you can't argue that against the fact that he did hit last year. He did. He hit. Yes. In a in a very limited role, but although that role was like difficult too, the one he was in. So, um, Brian Anderson, the reported signing, can play some third base as well. I guess. I mean, maybe there's some upside there if he kick into what he was doing if like 2018 to 2020. That's also you know that's 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 a bit of a stone's throw away from where they're at now. I think third base was one of the spots where you looked at it coming to the offseason and said, okay, that's one, one place where they could really use an upgrade, a, 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 a substantial upgrade. But between there not being much on the third base for Asian market of, of note, uh, that would be a, a really big upgrade. And also, like, if, if there was, do you think they, I don't know. I don't think they would have been in the bidding for it. No. Uh, and then the trade market, you know, once Rafael Devers, who was kind of, I guess, floated on some of those talks, got inked up and it was very clear the Red Sox were going to move heaven and earth to sign him uh, amid a, amidst a, a fan base uproar in Beantown. Uh, once once he was very clearly not being moved, like, who are you going to trade for, I guess? Yeah. I know what you mean. That's I, I don't know what I was hoping to hear. Uh, it doesn't thrill me about third base, but, you know, whatever. There's always some unknowns going into a season. That's part of the fun. Last thing, you got Brewers Twitter going the other day uh, by tweeting that Jackson Churio will probably become, at some point in the season, the number one prospect in all of baseball, which is pretty darn cool. I have to ask the question, do you think the Brewers should trade him now to avoid losing him for nothing in free agency one day? Because he's going to come in hefty price i i always I, I i clench my jaw a little bit when i hear you got burr's twitter in an uproar uh <laughs> just as just in principle but uh th- this is a good uproar right? a good uproar yes yes the jackson churio content always leads to an uproar uh which is why we keep churning it out but uh you're joking here well i think i yes. think you're joking yes yep absolutely i am but but <laughs> when is his value, I mean, it could be, but when is his value going to be higher than the top prospect <laughs> of baseball? Yes. 
I, I love posing that question about, like, just toxically asking, well, when is his value going to be any higher than it is right now? No, I, I'm excited to watch him come up. The Brewers obviously have a couple of young guys, and that should be a, a fun new wrinkle of this team when I think maybe last year the team got a little bit stale. I, I'm looking forward to some of these guys, Garrett Mitchell, obviously, and Freelick and whoever they decide to bring up and press into service and in an everyday or close to everyday role. Do you have a statement before we wrap up, Kurt, about your alma mater and the uh, – the happenings in the football program right now. What is it? Get your season tickets now yeah. before they're all go. I don't even. I should. I feel. I. I'm a disgrace. I don't even know the actual. The actual line. It was before I was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do that. Yeah. Oh, we're all in. We're all in. The football school again. We're a football uh, school again. All, 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 due, all due respect to the uh, amazing women's volleyball program. Yeah, that's true. Of, yeah. of which, of which, of which, I'm I'm a big supporter as well. Yeah. Are you a big booster? We have a caller who claims he's like in the top 1% of boosters and has been on a ski trip uh, what, with Macintosh out west. I don't believe him, but it's a really funny bit. How much how, how much do you think you have to you have to pay or give to be like in the top 10% of boosters? Uh, I'm at $0 right now. They already got my money. A lot more than I make, although if you keep coming on the show, that's going to, I think, very much raise the level of contribution I'm able to give. Yeah, well, maybe maybe if they can, maybe, you know, get, get a couple more of those four-star, five-star quarterbacks and, uh, yeah. you know, I, maybe I, I, got a, I got a $20 bill I can yeah. mail over. I'm going to spend it on touch dunes or pull tabs at the bar. Anyways, I might as well give it to yeah. these kids, these student athletes, student athletes really at the heart of it all. Kurt Hogue, Journal Sentinel, read his stuff. Follow him on Twitter. Kurt, I appreciate you. Let's talk Brewers again soon. Sure, let's do it. We appreciate Kurt. And I'm glad that I got that, you know, that little uh, clip in there at the end. They are students at the end of the day. They, they are just kids, student athletes. I wish we had a chance to watch our student athletes tonight. I, I'm bummed that we have to wait a little bit for another Badger basketball game, especially because we launched the Greg Guard gauge earlier this week. And I want to continue to use that tool as we follow this team. But you know, we don't have any games yet, so I will update the Greg Gard gauge when the Badgers play next. And their Saturday game was canceled versus Northwestern because of COVID, but let me see. When's the next game after that? I can pull up the schedule. We only got a minute or two left in the show anyways. Schedule Saturday against Northwestern. It's supposed to be at 11. They're not going to play that game. Oh, we got to wait till next Wednesday? Lame. Man, that's really lame. Game's not even, oh, it's a Big Ten Network game against Maryland. That sucks. I want to fire up the Greg Gard gauge. It's a shame. I want to watch our student athletes. We do appreciate Kurt Hogue. I I do wonder, man, it's going to be a struggle for me this season to watch the Brewers in a vacuum, which is how I should watch them. If I'm trying to enjoy them and enjoy this year's team and the competitive chances of this year's team, then we got to forget about what happened last year. And we got to forget about how they handled the offseason and how they just have kind of messed everything up. They keep messing everything up. It's what they do. It's what the Brewers do. But I need to get past that. I need to move past that and look at this team and say, all right, William Contreras, I like that. Willie Adamas, I like that. Some young guys coming up, I like that. All right, Jesse Winker, whatever. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> Could be worse. I feel like one of the outfield spots, we're just doomed to rotate through replacement-level guys or slightly above replacement-level guys. And I, it's a little bit disrespectful to Hunter Renfro, I know, but... You know, rotating guys like Hunter Renfro and then end of the career Lorenzo Kane. although, you know, the Brewers couldn't wait to get him out of town as soon as he hit his 10 years of service time. They're like, all right, now that that's happened, please. See, Aaron Rodgers would never allow that to happen. 
because the game is about relationships and guys who are leaders on the field and in the locker room or whatever weird accent Rodgers says that in. If Rodgers ran the Brewers, Lorenzo Cain would still be hitting leadoff, right? And uh, there'd be some good and bad things that would come with that. The hitting would stink. The leadership might be good, but the leadership of Lazard and Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb, seemingly good. I mean, unless you have higher hopes for this team than losing in the wild card or division round, then they're going pretty poorly. <laughs> Never miss a Friday show. Looking forward to wrapping up the week tomorrow. I'll talk to you at four.